Spencer, it is lovely to see your face because it's been so long. How have you been? It's been good. It's been like months and months and months and months and months. Like the whole summer, we haven't caught up. So it's nice to chat with you again. Yeah, it's lovely. It really has been such a long time. So what's going on with you? Okay, I'll give you like the pinpoints of what's going on in my life. There's like big major changes. So... And I haven't really shared them with anyone. I haven't shared them like with my parents. I haven't shared them with anyone. Um, and I feel comfortable with you doing that. So uh, we're actually going to be closing the Limelight app. And we are going to be moving and pivoting in a different direction. And I allowed myself two weeks to be really sad about it and have a cry. And focus on, and really dig deep on like really what I wanted. Um, like the past two years I've been focusing on educating actors and what does that look like for me? Um, and it's hard to get people interested in education. Education is not sexy. I wish it could be. And I wish people were really interested in taking classes. But unfortunately... I wish I could make rev revenue with people being like, I love this idea, but I can't. So we're going to have to pivot in a different direction. Um, and I'm like more focusing on like my acting career. I'm still going to be on TikTok and educating as much as I can. And our uh, forum will always be online and we'll always have that. Our blogs are like, and other people that are interested in writing for us, I will always have a place. Um, but for right now, having the app and have not making revenue from it, it's not smart business-wise to keep it open. And uh, yeah, so I'm getting new headshots on Monday next week. So I'm excited with a uh, photographer that I'm really, really, really excited about. He's so cool. Um, so that would be great. I've been doing some auditions. I've gotten some callbacks, so we've been we're, we're working. But it's been a it's been a couple of crazy months for sure. It's a shock because obviously, like I just think limelight is wonderful. So it's really hard giving things like that up. And I think um, while this isn't a business podcast, it's so important to touch on because as actors, we are businesses. But when you see something isn't working and the money's not coming in, you do have to spend the time, especially as the CEO of your business, going, okay, what doesn't work here? What What is working? What isn't? And pivoting and moving from that. I mean, we've done several things over the years. We started, we obviously always, the focus has been give tips, give information, give advice to performers and help people who've not had that support get into this career. And that's always what it's been about. But obviously exactly. as a business, you have to make some income. And if I wanted to be able to do this while I was doing my acting career, I knew I needed some funds coming in to kind of support me giving the time it needs to it. Exactly. Um, and it has taken years and it's still not at the point where I'm earning enough money from doing it sort of, well, I am now-ish, but you know, um, doing it part-time took years and not earning anything doing that. Um, but we, we pivoted and we did loads of different things. I mean, we, we brought out some journals and they did all right and they're still selling every now and then, but it was not, not the saviour that we hoped for. We exactly. did a big Move It event, which is like a huge arena event with all these dancers and we thought we were going to do really well and it was didn't go well um and we had the magazine so we yeah. collated all the information in a free magazine for people and we were like oh if we have a free magazine everyone will be able to access it so getting advertisers will be so easy and the money can come from advertising because we never want to charge people for the information so exactly. we, we thought if we do that then we can advertise we can get advertisers to pay us and then we can spend that time putting everything together in the magazine that didn't work. Turns out if you're free, people don't think it's valuable. Um, so, you you know, I, went, I can understand, but those who did read it did love it for a reason and they're a bit gutted it's gone. But, you know, it was taking so much time every month to get all the writers involved and all these different pieces together and all the filler pages. And 
cohesing everything and um, it just didn't work. It just didn't work how we wanted it to and we've done blogs and tried to get advertisers on blogs and it's just, it's been constant pivoting. Now eventually we've come to the point and this is still kind of in the phase of happening is theatre gifts is something completely different. Theatre gifts is what Louis kind of came up with with me and it's brilliant and he's amazing and he's created these really beautiful gifts for musical theatre performers and that's doing really well um and that's the first thing that you know has kind of worked and now he's doing that basically as his full-time job um which is it's so crazy because it's so far away from what you thought about doing in the very beginning but yet so cohesive because it's exactly like for all the people that we know and love so we understand them completely like it's all of us musical theater fans so it's just super stagey stuff and the advice is now completely separate basically and even more over the coming months there's going to be more of a division between the two but it's taken us a while to be like oh okay this is a good business model because you're aiming at a target audience and the markups are good on the products and they're you know once we've got a few then then the shipping and everything kind of comes together and it all makes sense now um but yeah it's taken us a while to get there and I know you are an amazing businesswoman and you have such drive and ambition and like you're so intelligent as well I think you're going to have no problem pivoting and you'll find something that's equally as brilliant while still pursuing your career and everything you want to do and still helping those performers that you've always had that passion to help. Um, I think you're going to do amazing things. So I'm excited where it, where else it's going to lead for you. Well, now you have like an emotional American actor, like crying over here. <laughs> I thought you were looking a bit emotional. I love you. That's so sweet. Thanks, babe. Um, yeah, it's like hard. It's hard to say goodbye to something that you've like put, and it's not a full goodbye, but it's like, there's always, oh, what are you, what are people going to think about me? And I haven't had that feeling in a really long time. Because, um, like, when you're, when you're an actor, you're like, oh, people always have something to say. Like, oh, she's an actor. What is she really doing? Like, that kind of thing. And that never really bothered me at all uh, because I had a really good support system. But then now I kind of did something on my own and I was like, let me just try this thing. And it's not really in like, if you knew Spencer, you would not think that she would do this 10 years ago. You know, you're like, okay, she'll do theater. She'll do all these things. But you definitely did not think I was going to do something like techie. And I like really put myself out there. And I'm so grateful I did because if I didn't, I wouldn't have, I would not have met you, first of all, which is crazy. I have met all these people that are wanting to help the industry in such a beautiful way. And I never would have met, I never would have met them. And I never would have um, gained a a different kind of confidence than I would have, like, as an actor confidence. You know what I mean? And I think that's really important. And it's also because, like, thinking about, actors as a business and act like I never really thought about that before and now I'm always like actors need to take a business class because that's what you are you are a business and I think I've changed my business my Spencer Martinez business model as an actor differently as well so I'm grateful for it but sad yeah I mean it's totally understandable that you're you're good I mean I totally totally understand that yeah that's a good word got it that's a good one mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. I mean it's- yeah it's a blow, isn't it? But again, it is It is just the exciting start of a new chapter and where you can really find what does work for you. And it might not happen on the next time or the next time or the next time, but eventually, if you keep hustling this, it's going to get there. And like they always yeah. say, you don't make mistakes, you just learn. And I feel like from everything, even when I look back and go, okay, that really wasn't the sensible decision that we tried to do that. I go, but I learned so much from it. Like it, it really does show you how much you learn and you know grow in these experiences so it's exciting you've got some new beginnings to start she's new and starting something new it's gonna be great it's gonna be great but yeah i think that's pretty much it um on my updated list tell me about you what's going on it's been a couple of weird months i feel like it's been a really odd time um i think I had a quite a spell where I felt like, again, I, I just, I mean, there are always peaks and troughs, right? There's always moments where you feel great and you're productive and you're proactive all the time and it's brilliant. 
And then there's that lull and the moment where you have the down moment. And um, I definitely had that the last couple of weeks. The last two weeks I've been back on it again and I'm back to me and I'm feeling creative and I'm feeling healthy and I'm feeling good and I'm excited. Um, But, you know, towards the end of like August and start of September, I just felt frustrated. Nothing was happening again. And as mm-hmm. you know, I'm not one who likes to sit and wait. I am one that is there and wants to be there and is showing up and hustling. Um, so it's been, a, it's been a difficult time and there's been a few external things that happened as well. But um, I eventually got my mojo back. I think I was just feeling a bit... There was a lot going on in personal life stuff and, and with my partner Lewis's family and things like that. So we were prioritising that. And then Mm -hmm. um, we weren't going to the gym as much. And I feel like when my fitness takes a hit, everything takes a hit. Um, And it's not something that I ever used to correlate, but I really do see it now. And the more more I go to the gym, I'm going like four times a week now. And I couldn't have ever imagined that a year ago. But I'm going four times a week now at a gym that I love. And I feel so good when I'm doing it. And I lost quite a bit of weight which is good and I feel like I'm a lot healthier in myself than I have been for a long time and in those moments where I am going to the gym all the, a lot more yes my body's physically tired but there's something that inspires your creativity and I feel a lot better for it um so it's been a couple of weird months but we're we're getting our mojo back from the fitness element and I think I've been eating better I think I've been remembering it's okay to spend time with family and loved ones. And when people need you, sometimes you're there for their, like, there was a quote that I listened to, um, Giselle, who is going to be on this podcast, we, I watched her do a speech and she said, we're all just here to walk each other home. And I thought, you know what, that is so true. And those people just needed me and I wanted to be fully there for them and show up because they're always there for me. So I yeah. really took my foot off the gas and was like, no, I need to be here and be present for these people because there was a lot going on. Um, and I'm so glad I did because I'm not sure my life would look the same now if I didn't press pause because I'm not sure those people would be here if I didn't spend that time prioritising that and they're some of the people that mean the most to me in the world. And if I hadn't have spent that time, I'd honestly don't know if things would be the same as they are now so I'm grateful I did that and I'm grateful I was patient with myself while I did that obviously then it felt really hard to get back into it because I was just having a few hours here and there so I was struggling to get back but this month we seem to be doing very well so far so yeah we're all good in the end and what made you like stop yourself and say okay I really need to change like what me and what made you want to go okay and I know this is what I have to do first like I know I have to get back into the gym because I know that makes me feel really good because sometimes you know these things and you don't act on them you know I think it's always for me when I sit down and I look at the end of the quarter I mean I reflect daily and I reflect weekly and I reflect monthly but really when you get to that quarter stage of like the last three months and you're like look at the goals that you set yourself at the start and okay sometimes I'm a bit over ambitious I'm like I'm gonna do everything Um, and it's just not possible but when I look back I'm like right well why didn't that happen some of these things should have happened so where didn't they okay well this did come up so fair enough that that didn't happen but there's no reason why this one shouldn't have happened do you know what I mean and you kind of go through and you analyze and you're like right I need to get better at this and you know I think I was more emotionally tired um and because I wasn't going to the gym more I was even more sluggish and like it was harder to get going and I think because of that I was procrastinating even more because I was like oh I've only got a few hours in my day and you know, all this other stuff's cracking off. And, you know, I think it was time I needed, but when I got to the end of the month, I was like, wow, I've probably gained hours of procrastination because I was worried that I wouldn't have enough time. Um, So I think that was the moment where I was like, right, okay, so what happened the quarter before when I did really well? Oh, it's going to the gym loads. And, you know, all this family stuff didn't come up in fairness, but it shows that I need to prioritise that even when all this stuff is happening because I can't be there for them if I'm not there for myself. So, yeah, it was a lot. Totally. So one, goal setting. Once a month. Making sure you're on track. I think that's great. 
working out absolutely like even through like my limelight stuff i've been constantly like working out like four or five times a week and i honestly honestly believe if i wasn't doing that i would be in a total different space 100 percent. so i agree with that the workout the eating healthy the eating clean it really it matters it matters for sure um, and I can tell like when I don't eat super, super well, I'm like, oh, super sluggish. I don't feel like doing anything. I want to like sit on the couch and like watch my Netflix, which like, there's nothing wrong with that. You're allowed to do that all the t- like sometimes, but not like all the time. Yeah. You got to get yourself open. Yeah. And so I think the more time I'm on my phone as well, the more time I spend away from it, I'm like, oh, this is so healthy. I mean, I have to be on it a lot for work. Like I get that. Um, like this morning I was filming all morning on my phone but I wasn't checking it I wasn't scrolling I wasn't looking for inspiration because I already had creative ideas so I think the more you can get away from that the healthier absolutely I've been doing like a no phone Sunday and and it sounds crazy but it's really changed like my perspective and changed the way I'm thinking and feeling like okay I can set this down and I'm like if someone really needs me and they're like my close friends or whatever I'm like call me because I won't like I just will have my phone in the bedroom or something and I'm like out here doing whatever um but I turn like all like my Instagram my uh, TikTok all that stuff off and then so I'm really like present and that also helps with goal setting too because you're not constantly looking at other people and scrolling through oh this person just booked a job oh this person just did this and then you can really focus on yourself absolutely and I think the comparison thing is so true I mean the grass is always greener and you compare I mean I know we've said this before you compare your chapter three with someone else's chapter 27 and this is something that hit me in the last month as well is which I know we've touched on before, but it it really sort of at moments it really clicks. Um, but the realization that for some people it takes months and some people it takes years, and that's okay. Like your journey is meant for you, and it's never going to be the same as anyone else's. Because I was fairly convinced. Obviously, they drill it into you when you're at performing arts college. As soon as you leave, you're going to get an agent. You're going to move to London. You're going to do all of that stuff and you're like, well, yeah. first of all, you don't need to move to London. And second of all, <clears throat> having a, the wrong agent is worse than having no agent. And it's just, you've got- That was me. That was me. And look, at, yeah, like it happens. And you're like, I really wish someone shared some information about that. <laughs> yeah. And I've done it. I, I even got told that. and But there was this pressure. I felt like, I need to be agency represented. I need to, like everyone said about agents. And um, it was the worst decision, that first agent, worst decision I ever made. I mean, they were shocking. Um, And I don't want to ever associate myself with that company again. It was just terrible. Um, But uh, you learn a lot from these things. And I think there's that pressure still of like, wow, I've been graduated. Cool, blimey, what is it now? (laughs) Like, four years I want to say yeah it's been four years probably since I graduated um five next July um and that feels like a long time and I think I've not really gotten that much further but then there are moments like I had a big thing on Sunday acting wise and I was like oh okay actually from a year ago there was a massive improvement um, I performed in a, an event on Sunday and it was a really big panel, really big. And it was like an audition and they were people that were scouting, you know, and I knew they were watching. Um, and they were all there and there was like 12 of them and it was a brilliant opportunity that I, I very luckily got into. I'm very grateful they auditioned me and I got in. Um, but like a year ago, I had a massive TV audition. Um, and... <laughs> It was only a year ago, and bless my little heart, it was the first big opportunity I'd had like that. And I remember that, and it's only recently come back to me, that I thanked them so much, like too much. Like I was so so grateful to be in that. Because you're so mean, exactly. Yeah, I was so grateful to be in that audition room, be seen by such big people that I thanked them. And I, all I can remember now is me thanking them relentlessly. Like it was constant. They introduced a panel of five 
And after every single person, I said, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Like every single person, just as they introduced them, they're going to be watching you do this. I was like, thank you so much. And like, I'm like, what was I doing? Yeah. So like, <laughs> I mean, thankfully, how are you the audition part went really well. And they were like, you did a great audition. We'll definitely be calling you back in the future. We've gone a different way with the look, but we really liked you. So that's fine. Like, it was nice. Um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with just, like, showing, like, how... I don't say young you are or, like, green you are. I don't think, like, there's not, like... I don't think there's anything bad being, like, I want this. Like, yeah. I, you know? But it's funny that you get you get to think back on things like that. You're like, because like, like a thank you is absolutely necessary. I still thank people now, but like, not. I think I was just panicking, so it's just the first thing I said. Like, yeah, it's like nerves, nerves. to be in this room, and um, but yeah, I mean, so when I watched, when I was thinking back to only a year ago, you know, but obviously I've had quite a few big auditions this year, so I'm a bit more used to it now and being in those rooms and being able to deliver under pressure and things like that, and it really does change. But it was funny thinking back to how green I was and. It must have made me look a little bit inexperienced because I was definitely like, thank you so much, thank you, oh my goodness, thank you. <laughs> like, I, I, and I even remember, and Louis is always the one to pick me up, right? He is always the biggest cheerleader, which I'm so grateful for. Um, but it, it, I remember coming out of that audition and he was like, the audition went well, didn't it? I was like, yeah. He was like, you thanked them a lot. And that was my first clue that maybe I'd done it a little bit too much because... I couldn't really remember after just coming out of the audition, but I know Louis will always be honest with me. Um, he's a super cheerleader, amazing all the time. Like he's listening. But I need notes. Notes are fine. <laughs> but I'm so glad that he did, because if I was thinking back to it now, I'd be like, "Oh, maybe I did this," but I don't really remember. Um, but I do mm-hmm. trust his judgment so much because of that, because he'll always tell me how it is. So when he says I've smashed it, I'm like, oh, that's really good. Because that means that maybe I did. He- I did do good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also, like, think about all, like, it's not even, like, acting, like, your year of acting has improved. But it's also, like, your life. Like, you've learned so many life lessons. And that also equates into your acting. Yeah. You know, all of these life things, all these moments, like, loss, love, excitement like you haven't gotten these certain things yet and when you do this just opens you up and I think like your body and muscle memory to other things when you're performing as well absolutely I mean some people say to me oh I'm I'm too young to be an actor I'm like how old are you and they're like oh I'm 18 like mate we're not retiring for like a good 80 years yet like you're fine yeah exactly so much time and we're going to collate so much life experience that we'll be able to relate to anything and everything. Exactly. And we'll just book every job because we'll be one of the last people standing. So it'll be all right. <laughs> the ripe old age of 18. Yeah. But go to a business class at 18. <laughs> yeah, literally. It's um, it's a lot, isn't it? But um, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a crazy, a crazy time, hasn't it? And um. I think one of the things that I wanted to bring up today was obviously the right strike is now finally over. Fingers Woo! crossed some content's going to be coming the way because yeah. there's been nothing. It's been quiet out there. It's been like middle of the desert. So um, can you explain? Yeah, I can. It's over and how that works now. Yeah, so honestly, it happened, I want to say like last night, two nights ago that... So the writer's strike all voted like in favor of like the um of like the summary that they kind of came to the conclusion with. And it was only it they got ninety percent of the of the writers to like agree to this. So there's also which I think is really like a ten percent where people didn't accept it, which I wonder what they were thinking about, you know? Like it, what was it not included that they wanted to be included. Also, I'm not a writer, so um, SAG after which is like the Screen Actors Guild, um, they are supporting the writer strikes, and the writers really wanted like AI to be figured out because also AI is so new. We have no idea like 
what this could mean. And if you're taking writers information, they're not getting paid for it properly. Like that's messed up. And same thing with actors as well. Um, it would be messed up to know that <laughs> your information and like your, your stuff that you're doing is not being paid for. And there are people that are background actors that have found out that their body has been used again. And you're like, oh, I could have been paid for that day and I didn't. So that's something to think about. So now like um, AI can't write or rewrite literary material. Um, a writer can choose to use AI when performing writer service, which I think is really interesting. Um, there's all of these things about streaming platforms that they've agreed on. Um, if there's a specific budget, they're able to, um, they're able to have like an increase in like their payment as well, which is very important. Um, the streaming, the pre to have a pilot, it's like 150% of the pilot premium and 115% backup script premium will now be um, will now apply to programs made for HBS VOD, which is super important. Um, weekly payment increase, yay. So that's like, I want to know what the percentage is. Um, I think the percentage is like a 5% increase, which is pretty big. Um, the writer-producer weekly rates are increased, which is great as well. Um, the staff writer script free fees, so every staff writer must be paid a script free for the episodes they write, which is great. Um, and then they talked about having like episodes, and if you if there's a specific number of episodes, there needs to be a specific amount of like writers in the room and writer producers in the room, and they um, raise that as well. So yeah, there's lots of other little things, but. The most important thing was about AI, getting them paid properly, and the amount of, like, I think people being involved. So right. they've got and that's great, yeah. And hopefully SAG is, they're still having their agreement today. And, oh, no, they're having it on Wednesday. So hopefully they finish it up and the actors can kind of get back to it. Because if the writers win, which they did, then they need some actors to go with the writing. So hopefully we can all win. Yeah, and it's good that these talks have happened and there will be progress, because hopefully now, because I mean, we've seen COVID straight into a like, just as we were getting back up and running again into a writers and actors strike, which is the quietest the industry's been in like 10 years, apparently, according to people that have been in it. We were always yeah. graduates, but yeah, so it's like, Hopefully, we'll see a normal industry at some point soon because I feel like I still don't really know what that looks what like. Been graduating I, years, I honestly no agree. I kind of agree, yeah, because COVID was non-existent. Um, learned a lot, but non-existent. And then when you're, like, trying to get your real mojo back, and you're like, oh, what's going on? Like, why have I been looking? Like, I was just thinking about doing, like, film, TV stuff, and then, boom, you're like, oh, okay, great. And Let you me never want to blame done. it on that. You never want to blame it no. on the fact that it's just COVID or the, the strikes. But no. I asked a makeup, the head of makeup when I was last on set, I was like, has this been affecting you? She was like, it's the first time in 10 years where I've had to worry about where the next job's going to come from because it's never That's been this quiet, true. even with COVID. And I was like, that's so good to know because obviously, like, for the last four years, we've been graduated. <laughs> We've never seen what the normal industry is. And obviously head of makeup and costume are kind of in all the time. So if they think it's quiet, like, it's quiet. Yeah, that's really crazy. I didn't even think about that. And it's also taking a project and making sure you're not being a scab, not like making sure you're, um, you're with the SAG after strike and you're with the writer strike and you don't go to the other side because if you want to book a job in the future and they see that you're working at that time for specific uh things they won't look make it look too good and i know you want to work you want to do something and it's so important but you also have to think about at some point you will join sag and at some point you're gonna want to have a great um like you're, you're going to want to be paid well. You're going to want to make sure AI isn't using you for other specific things. Like, remember the TikTok thing that's happening right now? And it's like all the school photos. Yeah. And there are actors that are using them. And I don't want to like call anyone out. I don't 
I don't think it's like malicious in any way, but think about it this way. Like this is what SAG-AFTRA is fighting for is like the use of AI and that's like someone's body. And are they getting paid properly to for that? No. So you really got to think about that. Also, it's five dollars. Like, come on, please. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it, it's also just like, does that is that really you really I think is it important because at some point it will be you will be in that situation and what do you want specifically? So they're fighting for us right now. They're fighting for our future when we're like thirties, forties, whatever, twenties, whenever, like whenever you make it into that industry they're really fighting for you yeah and that's great and hopefully all the strikes will be over soon and all these situations will be resolved and yeah then we can all get back to working in an industry that we love all the time exactly i mean there's definitely some things i could totally fix but yes <laughs> <laughs> absolutely there's always going to be things we want to change just a little tweak a couple of tweaks but yes 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 Wait, but there's been something else going on, and I really don't know anything about it. You mean, I think you're referring to the Just Stop Oil thing that happened last week, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, so that was crazy. Um, basically, in the middle of Les in London's West End, middle of the show, they're about to sing, do you hear the people sing, everything's gone normal, they're having a great show. And then out of nowhere, these Just Stop Oil protesters are on stage with with the cast mid performance. How do they get on stage? This is my next thing. They get on stage, they unravel these huge banners, they handcuff themselves to the set. What? Genuinely mid performance. I literally have no idea. The, obviously, what? like, stage management, rush on, grab the actors, move them all to the back of the stage. They... They have three stage managers on stage. One of them's watching the safety curtain fly in to not hit the protesters. Because stages are dangerous places. Like, the theatre is a dangerous place if you don't know what you're doing. You stand on the edge of that stage, you are falling into a 10-foot orchestra pit. Not only that, there's metal rods that come revolving in in from the ceiling that could smack you and knock you clean out. Then there's revolving stages and set. If you get your leg or your arm or your fit, or a finger trapped in one of them it's gone yeah it's ripped clean off your body like it's people have no idea how dangerous these places are anyway no, there's three of these stage managers on stage then one of them's watching the safety curtain in as two are like barricading the actors which is quite ironic considering the show oh, that is really funny. and then was the flag red like when they brought it on like did it just stop oil and then one was white but two of them had a right faff getting it out of the rucksack and then (laughs) and then the whole show like had to be completely like the theater evacuated um and then by the time the police had got there and de-handcuffed them and taken them away you know they'd not got time to finish the show so the show was like completely cancelled um but do you know what it's shocking to me obviously i am mortified for the poor ushers that had to deal with this the people backstage like the whole crew all the cast and of course the audience yes they got refunded their tickets because the show got cancelled which i'm glad the theater did they refunded all the audience their their tickets but that doesn't include the travel the hotels Mm -hmm. like everything like that and i while I agree with what they're protesting for, right, the stop oil stuff, I'm sorry, but I would have been blooming raging. Well, I would have been like, are you serious? Like, I never get to go to theatre, and this is my one bit of moment where I spent a lot of money to go. I'm absolutely gutted that you've ruined this when I've been looking forward to this for how many months? Absolutely. It doesn't make me want to support their cause, and I... I fully do. Like, do you know what I mean? And I, I just want to go like, no, you're not helping yourself. Like, and when they block, I mean, this is slightly off topic, but they block all the roads and everything and they've been lying down in the road and like people have been coming up to them like, I'm taking my baby to hospital. You need to move out the way. And they're like, no, I'm not moving. And this woman just carried on driving and it's got this woman on her bonnet. And she's like, I told you, I gave you the chance to move. My baby is ill in the back. I'm taking her to hospital. She's like, you can get a lift there because I'm going in that way. And I just thought, you know what? Like, you're not helping yourself. And the fact they did it on stage. But what concerns me even more on a very serious note is, first of all, how the hell they were managed 
they managed to get up on that stage. I don't know if they ran and jumped over this nine-foot orchestra pit that was in front of them, whether it was an usher that watched them go. I mean, it's not the usher's job by any stretch. But it almost looked like one of them came on from the wings. I wasn't there. I don't know. But one of them definitely looked like they came out the wings. So my concern is they managed to get on stage within one metre of the actors that all had their back turned at that current moment. So if that had been a violent group of people with three of them up on stage, the harm that they could have caused, not only to the audience, but to the cast and crew that they were on stage with, it could have been a lot more than just a bit disruptive. There could have been some serious repercussions from that and something needs to change. That's incredible. One, okay, like I don't want to make light of this, but they picked a great show to do, like with Les Mis. Great, okay, I understand. Um, I'm glad I didn't do like Guys and Dolls. That would have been weird. Um, it wouldn't have made sense. I mean, it was topical. It was home. Yeah, it made, okay, you're like, okay, you're on brand. But my question is just like, like, not why. I understand why, but like, I think theater goers are probably supporting your needs and your ideals anyway. So it's the other people me. I don't know. I don't want to like be like, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I'm like, I've never been to the West end. Um, but do you guys have like metal detectors before you get into a show? Well, we have bag checks. We don't have metal right. detectors, um, but we do have bag checks where they, they open Same. the bag and they take everything right. out and they, they double check it. And you're not allowed in with like big, big bulky things really um okay uh they don't tend to metal detect you i don't think that's ever happened in terms of a theater there might be the other one or two yeah they have them in the city they have them in new york that that you're metal like you're detected you gotta walk through the whole thing and yeah but something needs to happen but obviously that wouldn't have been picked up whatever they because they okay that's a flag but their flags (laughs) Would definitely not, and they still managed to get on stage, which is the bit that concerns. Yeah, safety aspect. I know there was someone. I don't know if you saw it, um, Leah Salonga. Someone came into her dressing room. Yes. And it was like a fan, and I'm like, how did this person get in there? And for someone that really wants to do something and really wants to make me to meet this person or to create harm on them, like it's. It could happen, like, that and this instant just literally just show that it can happen, and that's very scary yeah. for the actors and for the the designers and for the back, backstage workers and for the audience. Like, that doesn't make me feel any better going into a theater. It's crazy. But then when you think about it, it's not the usher's job. It's not no. the person on stage door. It's not the cast or the crew's job. So whose job is it to stop people when they do things like this? There's no one there. It's, there's all these policies it, it in place and no one to deal with it. Do you guys have security at the shows? I mean, not really, no. I mean, we have ushers who obviously stand in everything. Yeah. And uh, on the way in, obviously, we have security. You check the bags. But right. from then, they're not seen. And I need to work out where things are going wrong because they have all these code words, which I'm not allowed to share, but obviously I know from working at these theatres, there are code words for if there's a bag in the building that we don't know anything about, if there's a suspicious sort of package, if there's a fire, there's a code word, if there's a person outside the building that's causing dangerous acts and things like that and trying to get in, there's a code word. There's a code word if someone's in the building that shouldn't be. So my question is, when these code words are called, what then happens? Like, Correct. What's the next step? What do I do? Do I just like stand here like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. I mean, you know, if there's like a code word, you know, I can't say the code word, but if there's someone in the building that shouldn't be, they tell you obviously to run and hide and tell someone where you are, like on the phone, if you can get hold of the police or whatever. Um, so you run and hide and do all that stuff. But if they're on stage with you, that's a little bit tricky. And these places, especially, I don't know what Broadway theatres are like, but West End theatres are very, very old buildings, like immensely Mm -hmm. old. Underneath them are like rabbit warrens. It is like ghost tunnel after ghost tunnel after ghost tunnel. There is like cellar after cellar after cellar. 
and it's like literally you go down and down and down and down and no one ever goes down there and this is my point is like when they when they have um so like obviously I take my students there sometimes when they perform in the west end and there's like a a basement floor and down there is basically just the theater staff's lockers basically but there are some rooms down there so that's where sometimes some of the kids will get put and we'll take them up to the stage and whatever and obviously they're always chaperoned and things like that but like someone could be down there like hiding and no one would know because no one really goes down there and even further down below that there is literally basement cellars which are all like underneath where you can cross from side of stage which is under where you'd normally cross so it's like all these cellars oh. and basement bits and they are very, oh, very old, spooky. very, very creepy, which is where they do a lot of the ghost tours and things. But like, is it was, there? Some of the West End theatres do, yeah, because they're very haunted. Um, Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Depending <laughs> if you believe on it or not, they're haunted. Um, but, you know, down there, people can hide. So I just wonder if someone had got down there and kept themselves quiet and managed to sneak past at a time there was no one on stage door because it just takes one minute for them to step out or deal with a first aid incident or, you know, I've been before where I am, I've hurt myself at a theatre and I've gone to stage door where they said they'd be to do my first aid and there's no one there. And, you know, you're like, anyone could just walk in. so i just i just don't know what needs to change but something clearly does because safety of the audience but also the cast and crew has to be a priority and the ushers it's not their job to stop people like if i saw someone running at 11 pound 50 an hour i don't think i'd be like yeah hold on a second let me just rugby tackle them like absolutely Absolutely. you know especially if they're jumping across these 10 foot orchestra pitch you're on your own buddy Um, yeah absolutely the poor orchestra person that just gets landed on by this person Literally, and that's another thing. They just didn't... It's just very thoughtless. Like, obviously, they don't understand the risks of theatre because it is very dangerous. Um, and I'm not just saying that to make them stop. Like, it's, it's, it's a dangerous place. Like, if performers go beyond a certain point, if you go off the sand, as it's called, you are on the most slippy bit of staging that's completely blacked out. There's no lighting there. And you're going straight down into that orchestra pit. And that's where people hurt themselves. <laughs> Did, like, West End or, like, the show, like, make a statement? Like, hi. Yeah. Yeah, they put out a statement on social media. I think, obviously, because they'd already evacuated everyone from theatre, which is regulation anyway. So they have to evacuate. Um, And by the time, obviously, the police have got there and decanked them, they just said, like, we can't let everyone back in because we won't have time to finish the show. But they put out a statement on social media basically saying you know while we agree the right that everyone should be able to protest this wasn't a convenient time or place um we will make sure everyone is refunded for the tickets and they kept it quite sort of very exactly what they needed to do business-wise do you know what i mean it was very like non-biased it was put out police have dealt with it we're moving on kind of thing i want to hear from a lame's performer and i want to hear what they have to say because i'm really interested if they still feel safe performing yeah because you're gonna have one eye open aren't you now like you're not gonna be fully in the performance you're gonna be checking around to see if anyone's joining you oh absolutely that's really scary i don't know this actor that's coming on like what (laughs) yeah like this is not a part of the show and like obviously people obviously illegally were recording it because they saw them either come out or get up on the stage And started recording because they were like, I know damn well this ain't part of the show. Like, I know that, that there's two of them diving into this rucksack and they can't get, literally get the banner out. And there's someone on the other side that's like, just a file! Like, just before that, just while they're singing, do you hear the people sing? So annoying time in my Well, that person clearly didn't have their phone off, which they're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I always put it completely on, not on just on vibrate, on the mute setting. On the mute, so yeah, yeah. Shouldn't, and it's in my pocket in a way, so it never lights up or anything like that. Um, so I think I would just be shot the whole time. I would just, I don't think I'd even be like, okay, let me record. So I've been like, is anyone else seeing this? Like, yeah. am I, is it just me? But I'm glad <laughs> that they did record it because obviously now they've got evidence that they can show to people. Absolutely. And, you know, things like that. But um, yeah, it yeah. does, 
the videos, if you watch them, there's some very posh Londoners in the audience because you can hear them going, oh, you bad people, get off stage. <laughs> well, I think I'd have used a bit different language, if I'm honest. <laughs> like, I don't think I'd have been like, you naughty people, get off. Oh my god, people in New York would have been like throwing food up there or something. Well, they would have a good boo. I'll give them that. The whole auditorium. Um, Yeah, no, I did find some. That's really crazy. You know, I must. I think I saw something with like Les Mis, but I just had thought it had to do with our um, the Les Mis tour that's happening, and people were auditioning for it. And I'm like, okay, another Les Mis thing. Okay, great. I don't really want to worry about that right now. Yeah, no, it's a ma- massive thing, massively disruptive. But hopefully, hopefully lessons have been learned from this, and hopefully things are put in place now. Because you know, in the world we live in, unfortunately, security is needed. Um, not only at stage door, but front of house to stop people doing things like this, to stop them causing harm to themselves as well as other people. Like it could have been immensely different if they were violent, and it could have been immensely different if one of them hurt themselves because no one wants to watch their arms being pulled off. So. Yeah, it'd have been, it's a lot, and I hope that things are done to prevent this from happening again for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's super important. I think it'll help, help like, show the performers that they are cared about and the audience that they are cared about if they take action. Yeah, I mean, how can they not? I mean, they're not going to want to keep refunding tickets if things like this keep happening. If people absolutely. know they can do it. I know Absolutely. you can get away with it, and some people have done it. They're going to try it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They'll be like, I oh, see how far I can go. Um, yeah, exactly. That's frightening. Yeah. yeah, no, it's pretty horrific. So hopefully things will move forward now in the right way. That's good. That's good. can't believe I missed that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty big dramas over here at the West End. We never normally have many of this. So it was- I know. Some juicy stuff. Have you seen any West End shows? The other week I went to watch Hamilton and it was the best thing ever. It actually was a bit of a reality check for me, I can't lie. Like, I I loved it with every fibre of my being. And the cast were just so insanely talented. That yeah. Of course I felt motivated, inspired and grateful to have watched it and like all these beautiful things. But I came out and I think this is part of actually also what got my mojo back because I came out of the theatre and went, I need to book my ideas up. Like, no other word for it. Like, yeah, I'm working hard. I've never stopped working hard. But, like, there are people out there that I'm going to be auditioning in audition rooms with. I could be up against them for all I know for some parts. Like, not every part, because our castings are very different. But there are going to be some parts where I'm going up against these people and they're doing what they love every day to an insanely high level. They are hustling hard and they want it just as bad as I want it. And they are working hard, if not harder, some of them. So I gotta I gotta work. Get yourself together. Yeah, like I'm working hard, but am I working the hardest to make sure I'm the one booking them jobs? I don't know, especially in the August time when I, you know, had taken my foot off the pedal and was giving myself a bit of grace. It was the perfect balance of right, yeah, I've never stopped not working hard, but if I wanna get somewhere I need to I need to work my bum off now like yeah. even harder yeah that's important i've never seen hamilton i know that's like crazy that is crazy i know i know but i'm like waiting to see it in like i don't want to watch like the movie or like the disney version of it i like want to see it and it just hasn't presented itself yet where i'm like able to like afford like this crazy expensive ticket yeah and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, we were very just... lucky we went on the day. And on the day we decided, because we were already seeing some family in London. So we yeah. were like, right, let's just have a look. We're and there were some cheap tickets for that evening. Because obviously it was like a Wednesday evening. In the yeah, yeah. Week and, you know, so we were like, right, let's book it there. The cheapest it's ever going to be. It's still expensive, but it was the cheapest it was ever going to be. And we probably yeah. would spend that on any show. So we were like, yes, Absolutely. But for yeah. us, we had watched the Broadway version on Disney. Yeah. And what do you think? I have to say, I was worried that they would not compare because the Broadway cast were just insane. But I have to say, I mean, obviously it was a few years ago when Broadway filmed it. So it's probably evolved a lot now. 
but I thought the UK cast smashed it, if I'm honest. They Amazing. So playful with it. They were, there was just a lot more jokes that I got because of the way, the intention behind them. Mm, um, mm, mm. And yeah, the, the dance level I noticed was quite a lot higher than in the US. Mm-hmm. I mean, admittedly in the pro shot, it did kind of cut bits out of the dance. Yeah. Like they were focused on the performer and did some close-ups and things. Um, but yeah, I was I was very, very impressed with the UK cast. I thought, fair play, we've held our own here. Um, yeah, well, that's great. Oh, yeah. good. I mean, I just really thought about like the story of Hamilton is like about the US and like, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do people laugh at like the King George like song or people oh, like massively. like this is kind of odd like this is like what they thought of I don't know what do you what do you know. think I feel like we've got a pretty decent sense of humor we, we're we not Thank too God. afraid to like we, we're quite polite people and we hate being complimented so if we're battered down a peg or two we genuinely have a laugh with it and um, we're quite we're quite good like that you know there's a few people with a stiff upper lip but not many um I think you know the type of people that go see Hamilton are willing to take a joke and exactly exactly so yeah no it was brilliant I really enjoyed King George's bits I thought it was fantastic and you know um really when we look back on history like we're not really on the right side (laughs) of it all the time so you know that was fair um and (laughs) well you weren't born then so it's not like it's you it's okay um, but we'll avoid going down that route again. But yeah, no, it was it was a brilliant show. It's incredible, and um, yeah, no, I loved the UK version, which I wasn't sure I was going to. And I thought yeah. actually the US accents, I think, were easy for me to understand because they were all generic US rather than some that obviously had their natural twang in them um, mm-hmm. from where they're probably from. Some of them mm-hmm. I could I could understand a lot because it was general US, I could just kind of get into it. Um, whereas mm-hmm. I think when I watched the Broadway version, there was some twangs and some diphthongs that I was like, oh, that's, I don't know whereabouts they're from. Do you know what I mean? And like, oh, interesting. Okay, okay, okay. I'm like, wait, are they doing it in their British accent in Hamilton? But okay, no, now I understand. No. Okay, okay. No. That, yeah, I mean, that would make a lot of sense because if it's like a general, like US, you're like, okay. I know general American. Yeah. I can do that. I know you can because you sent me an audition. I was like, oh, she got a general American accent. <laughs> oh, good. Um, I'm glad you said that. And you went like, yeah, it was horrific. Let's move on. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> and I was so friends with her anyway. No, it was so good. <laughs> so good. I was like, yeah, she has it. And it wasn't like the like annoying, like, like the like dumb blonde American accent. You know, like when I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But like. Because I know when people do it, and I'm like, I don't think any American sounds like that. Like, they do in, like, Legally Blonde, but I don't think... No! I mean, I don't listen, think they sound like there that. are some people, there's some personalities out there that you're like, oh, yeah, totally. But I have never met someone that's actually talked like someone from Legally Blonde. There are sororities here, correct. Yeah. Um, they definitely do some of the things that they do in that movie, correct. Um, it's not as exaggerated, is it? It's not as like I don't know over, over like over hyped. Yeah, like <clears throat> like sorority fraternity. It's so funny. I was like talking to people when I was in Spain. They were like, "Oh, you have sororities and fraternities there. Like it's like the movies." I'm like, "Yeah, but like no, <laughs> like there is lots of drinking. There is lots of like." I went to, um, my, my now husband went to Penn State and there was a fraternity party that I went to and I was like, whoa, this is like the movies, like spiral staircase and people are like drinking. There's like an ice bar and you're like, what? I didn't go to that school. I went to a theater school. So it was very, very small. part. So it's different wherever you go, but there's definitely a sorority thing like, um, <laughs> Now, like, sororities are using, like, TikTok as, like, their dances and to, like, rush girls in. And you're like, wow, it's, like, so legally blonde in that moment, you know? Like, you're like, wow, that's so weird. Um, but I love that. I think I really could have excelled in that atmosphere doing dances at that point. But there's also, like, 
sometimes the bad things, like I left my sorority because it got too, um, it got mean. And picking the girls that you want, um, there was definitely like a weight conversation. And I said, I'm out. If you're going to talk about someone's weight, nope, I'm not about it. If you're going to talk about their looks, I'm not about it. I'm in it for just making friends and helping an organization. I'm, I did Girl Scouts. I, and which was like also the weird sorority thing too in the U.S. It's kind of odd. Um, and it's still the same thing, like just mean, mean girly stuff. And I was like, I've already done this. I don't want to do it again. And I'd rather focus in theater and do what I want to do. But there are things in, in American sorority fraternity that is like the movies. And you're like, oh, I wish it wasn't. But it's like, are your schools like sex education? Because I would love to go to those schools. <laughs> um, at times. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it looks similar and the classes are similar and the vibe is similar in terms of the, the type of people. Yeah, I mean, they're similar I love in it. respect. Um, I'm moving to London. I'm going to take a I'm gonna go to school there instead. It's not gonna... brilliant still. <laughs> Um, and they're not all as accepting as that school at Moordale. Um, yeah, 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 no, it's, um, and it can get meaner than that. I mean, I think if you've ever watched, have you ever watched Heartstopper? No, what's that? It's a beautiful show on Netflix. Okay. I think that's probably the most accurate depiction I've seen of like a senior school in a show. Um, okay. I mean, it's an all boys school. But they mix with the all-girls school down the road. So, obviously, it's not like that in terms of the fact that schools are mixed and stuff like that, unless you go private education, which not many of us do. Um, But, you know, yeah, I think that's probably one of the better depicted... Like, the classes all look right and, like... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cohesive and the right groups that you've got that sort of form... Um, and the teachers are very, very on it with, like, how they are at senior school. Um, so, yeah, I think... Sorry, I'll go watch that next. Yeah, it's beautiful. I loved Heart Stuff. I thought it's absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a brilliant show, and I encourage anyone to watch it. Um, yeah, it's beautifully put together. Really, really beautiful. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, good. All right, then I'm adding to the list. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely one that, you know, I wish I could be in in some way and be involved with because I think the messages they get across are just beautiful and brilliant. And it's one of those with social impact, but it's really entertaining. That's, you know, that's what I'm all about. So. Yeah, I love that. So good. Well, it's been so lovely to catch up with you and have a chat. It was so good. Thank you for having me. I love our conversations and I wish you were here, but I understand. You're not coming to England between us. soon, right? I know. Gosh, I hope. I wish. I wish I'd come to London soon. That'd be fun. Or you just come to New York. It'll just be easier. Oh, please, can I? I wish. I wish I had the funds for that, Spencer. Oh, me too. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Right now, it really is. Yeah. But yeah, at some point, at some point, we'll we'll meet an actual person. I know, will... and I can't wait to give you an actual hug. Like I know, <laughs> I know. I'm like a like a touchy person, so like usually like when someone's like with me, I'm like, oh my god, stop! So yeah. it's like weird not to have that experience. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, and I'm a big I'm a big cuddly person. I love I love giving everyone a hug if I can. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure talking to you as always and it's so lovely to see you and I'm so excited for you I can't wait to have the next catch up to find out everything that's going on and like can't wait to see your new headshots because I'll be following on social media and stuff oh yeah 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 it'll be good I'm getting a haircut today because I have to I don't know it's not gonna be short but I'm thinking like <laughs> I was looking, just looking at you like, it. please don't cut your beautiful hair Could off. you imagine? I'm like, I'm thinking of Bob. My hair's really, really long, everyone. But yeah, it's like that down to my like uh, belly button at this point. It has, it has to be chopped. Just a little bit. Dead ends. Dead ends only. That's so exciting. And I'm so excited to see where 
where things lead with you and um, can't wait for the next catch up to see how you get right. on. Me too. All right. Thank you for having me, everyone. Bye. Thank you to everyone listening at home. I've been your host, Bethany Ullman. And I'm Spencer Martinez. And this has been Performer Talks. Bye.